Okay, kids, let's go. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Hello, what have we here? Holy shit. Thanks, C3 Penis Face and R2 Dickhead. Hello there. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with us. Fucking A. Good day, Galaxy Rogue Squadron Podcast. I heard a nope and I got excited. <laughs> what did you think you heard? I just heard nope. Nope. Ain't happening. Can't do it. Commander, Commander fucked up the intro. Wouldn't do it. I, I don't want oh, the and- intro to even happen. I don't want it to take place. It's over. It's all done. Nope. In the, in the In the opposite of seriousness, welcome to the show. It's episode 141. This is the Rogue Squadron podcast. Quite possibly the most annoying and t- most terrible Star Wars podcast that has ever been conceived by humans. Almost we're, as, ba- almost as bad as Star Wars. There. Almost as bad as Last Jedi. Almost as bad as... You might think that this was produced by Ryan Johnson. It's that bad. It's that bad of a show. See, the issue is there's a lot in the running for terrible podcasts, but we know we're terrible. So we it flaunt it. Works. Yeah, we flaunt it. We know it's, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah. We, we flaunt it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> <sighs> we're going to kick things off. All right. Like we do. About the, oh, you're ready? You're that excited to drink? Yeah, let's get a review. But we're gonna we have we have something special for of uh, our patron members here. Um, but yeah, let's let's get let's get into the review. Let's here. drink first. All right, so talk about your beer because I need to finish my other beer before I can pour out the review beer. Are we do are are we doing this is a no video episode? No, I'm on video. I'm just not on video for you. See, this is the issue. I don't want you to I'm, see. I'm, I'm talking to a painting of you and your, and you get to look at my glorious gullet all night. It's 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 stale, bro. All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the, the lazy train straight to IPA City um, because I still had some IPAs left over from the uh, stone pack that I got. Uh, I think we talked about it. This is the delicious IPA. You thought it was the gluten-free one? I was thinking um, that that was the name of the gluten-free one, yeah. But this is just a cit- citrusy IPA with lemon drop and El Dorado hops. So it's just, uh, just a standard... Fluffy IPA. Fluffy. I'm excited for it, though. Ooh, I haven't had anything with fluffy hops in it before, so I want to know more about that. It's got hair in it. <laughs> Padme's hair? Padme! <laughs> Are you the ghost of Anakin at Return Pad- of the Jedi shouting for Padme? <laughs> I love you, my lady! <laughs> that is, his you voice is gone. Softer it's been than sand! Softer! <laughs> That reminds me of something else. Oh, it's the principal from uh, Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yeah. You principal. guys, get out of my class. I'm going to kill you guys. He's just <laughs> shaking in hatred. I love it. He's always sweating and they're just laughing at him. Oh, my God. I need to. I think I still have a few of those uh, DVDs laying around. I got to get back into those. Those are fucking hilarious. Yeah, I haven't heard, seen those for a while. All I don't right. know what it is. It's It's one of those things that... Um, it is definitely a love hate. Like people are some of our friends. I think have watched it with us, and they're like, "I don't. This is terrible." I'm like, "Dude, I I have a full erection. 
and I'm laughing my ass off. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. It's the best combo of things. (laughs) (laughs) Found something new today from Great Lakes. Great Lakes, you know, tried and true brewing, one of the original craft breweries here in Ohio. Um, But they kind of went like stagnant for a while and just like did the same shit for a while. Uh, But in the past few years, they really stepped things up. So I saw this. It's called the Cloud Cutter Ale. I haven't seen it before. I think it's brand new this year. I still and, uh, haven't seen it because you're not on video. God damn. Listen, well, you fucking... I'm trying <laughs> to... Oh, it looks, it looks great. I'm trying to ruin our franchise here, and you're just trying to get me back to George Lucas days, and I'm not trying to have it, man. We legitimately just talked about how terrible we are, and now you're trying to fix it by going incognito video over here. I just don't want you to see my face. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, too. I've been watching Star Wars. I'm embarrassed about it. Fake fan, Mopar. You're a big fan. I'm going to crack this thing open. I'm excited. I do have, uh, now that you say Great Lakes Brewing, Glass Armor sent me, this was like <laughs> two years ago. Uh, she sent me, I think, the top 50 breweries in the United States. Oh, by volume, oh, sales volume. Oh, it's like biggest. Yeah, so let's see here. I'm going to run through top, let's do top 10 here. Top 37. Top 10, Yingling is actually number one. That makes uh, sense. Boston Beer Company, which I assume would be like Sam Adams. Uh, Sierra Nevada. I thought you were going to say, which I assume is from Boston. Uh, <laughs> I would assume so. Stop laughing Sierra about Nevada, it. Sierra uh, Nevada at number three. New Belgium at four. Duvel is at five, which I'm actually very... I did not think Duvel would be that high. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Gambrinus, which I've never heard of, but I guess it's uh, Portland area. Uh, Bells is at number seven. Solid Bells. Fuck yeah. Stone Brewing's at number eight. Yeah. Um, Can Arky. <laughs> I like it's, that. It's well, I'm saying it's I'm saying it like that because this the can part of it is all uppercase, and then Arky is lowercase. So like anarchy. Can Arky. Like anarchy. Uh, I get it. And then number rounding up the top ten is uh, Deschutes, which is always very solid. Um, I guess oh, Great Lakes is uh, number twenty on the top fifty list. So I mm. was I was really happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but running through the last little bit, I see Sweetwater's at fifteen, Harpoon is at eighteen. Um, but there's there's a lot of beers that we've had that I really wish was like further up. Flying Dog, I wish was further up. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm, I'm happy and upset with this all at the same time. I guess it's got to be iffy though, because you know, if you get too big, then you run the risk of not keeping what made you awesome in the first place. You know what I mean? You're gonna sell out and get distributed by Budweiser or some shit. That's yeah. what happened to Magic Hat. Me and Tommy Boy love Magic Hat, and then as soon as they got bought out by a major, it just I don't want that shit. There's they stopped experimenting and just sold the ones that they had. <laughs> they yeah. They fired all the brewers and just hired more graphic designers because their their boxes and their cans and everything are always perfect. Yeah. But the beer just don't hold up no more. Yeah, yeah. All, all right, right I see Trogues is, uh, Trogues is at 30. I'm happy it's even on there. Nice. Trogues Sweet. is really good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Representing the Trogues glass here. Sweetness representing. I need to bring some more mugs. The only mugs I have here right now are actual brewing mugs, which I have no problem with at all. But I haven't had an actual beer for a minute. Well, well. well, you're about to actually have a beer right now. Oh, I so actually can't cheers. wait. I'm going to smell sniff test. We, we always jump into it. We actually did forget about the sniff test. This, uh, 
This doesn't smell as citrusy as advertised. I'm not getting a scent at all. I got it now. I had to put my nose in the beer. <laughs> no, I, I smell it now. It does it does smell pretty good. Um, what am I running here? 7.7% alcohol. It says lemon drop and Eldorado hops. Can I, can I, which, can I drink this now, please? You can. <laughs> I'm going to keep reading more about it. You can, too, can Sam. Ooh, this is good. Always solid. Solid. Ooh. This is really good. That lemon is actually... So, okay, let me tell you right now. 99% of the time, when they, when they say there's like a grapefruit or some some flavor in there, yeah. I'm pretending that I can taste it because I'm not a tasterizer. <laughs> but this, I can actually taste the lemon drop. Um, so, this is... a. Uh, this is very solid. Not that I like the lemon drop, but the fact that I can taste it is... Uh, I'm patting myself on the back here is what I'm doing. Nice. Bursts of juicy citrus zip across friendly, lightly filtered wheat skies and our high-flying tribute to the historic Cleveland areas. <laughs> Did you get bored with that story? You I was like, I want to know about the beer, not about why there's a plane in the front. From the beginning, Stone has been obsessed with... Since 1899... <laughs> Mm. No, this is pretty good. Um, it's got the like the citrusy flavors of an IPA, but it's not an IPA. It's not bitter. It's not like extremely hoppy. But it has. So some you're of not. They're not using the there. citrus to like overcome the bitterness. They're not using it to balance it out. Yeah, it's in there as an actual flavor profile, which is interesting. Hmm. That's very nice. This yeah. is. Uh, I'm getting this a standard ass reaction from it. Yeah, I. Uh, this isn't wowing me. The lemon drop, that the fact that I can taste it is good, and I also it's not blowing me away. So that's that's kind of how I'm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sip on it a little bit because I. It's hard to give something like this a one, but it could happen. I'm also not seeing any um, ABV on this shit either, so I'm pissed about that. You know what's weird is every every little sip that I take, every sip I take. <laughs> I was just going there. <laughs> Every chug I make, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tastes a little different. Like every time I, I sip on it. Ooh, is that good or bad? Well, cause that, my last sip was very earthy and now I'm getting less of the lemon drop. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe I need a bigger gulp of this shit. I don't know. And that's kind of, that's, that's very true. You could take like just a sip of the skim of the top and get one thing, and then you take a, like a good gulp, and then you're like, "Wow, this is like a completely different beer." Yeah, this is a little dry, um, but it tastes like a like if you're an I if you don't like IPAs, you would like this because it's citrusy. It has a little bit of bitterness, but it's not like IPA profile. Um, but it is interesting that it has a little hint of that. And it's just it's just an ale. That's what they labeled it labeled it as. It's just an ale. But I can dig it. Uh, it's standardizing me. Okay. Which leads me to uh, believe that it's going to be a uh, two star beer. Yeah. So the the description here is uh, says so when we developed this pleasantly bitter, deliciously citrusy, hop driven IPA. So that's what they were going for. Um, but did they achieve it? Cutting edge here modern here day first. IPA, lemon drop and Eldorado hops have. Now this, it, uh, I don't. I, there's too many words. Just tell me 
That's that's how I feel too. Chakota's here shitting on IPAs like usual. Man, I'm telling you, you just got to have the right first one to like ease you into the trajectory. Yeah, and well, and part like of it Wars. is you have to drink it and expect the taste. Like if you're not expecting it to be bitter, you're, you're, in, you're in for a surprise. Yeah, and even if you are expecting it to be bitter and it's more bitter than your yeah, it's just it's a shock to the buds. I get that. It took it took me probably a good year to really absorb and understand what an IPA was. I yeah, because I, I, I was is, the last person like to them. jump on. What's that? I said, I still don't understand what they are, but I do like them. <laughs> yeah. My, my buds have just been permanently burnt from the, uh, <laughs> from the beer. So I haven't tasted a beer in, in weeks. So. In a week's time. You know... What do you, do you know? What you're, you you said on it too? Huh? Oh yeah, I said too already. I'm I'm solid on that. I'm gonna look up the and ABV with this, real with this quick. Final drink, five point one percent. Five point one percent. Yeah, so it's fucking standard as hell. Standard as hell with a bit of citrus. I'm for it. Nicole Serrano, blast from the past, eh? <laughs> Why did we have to go to that voice? Sorry, man. Blast from the. I world. got so excited. <laughs> You just sound like an 80s cartoon villain. I'll get you. <laughs> this will be the last time the good guys win. <laughs> I'm for a hire, by the way. If anyone's making terrible cartoons and they want a <laughs> terrible sounding, terrible person. That'd actually be really funny. <laughs> you know, and that's... Damn I, I need to get more, Especially with like the Rick and Mortys and Adventure Time. There's so many... That. There's so many insane cartoon stuff out there, even that's for kids. Like Adventure Time is supposed to be for kids, but it's so... And uh, Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, Dude. That's the best one. There's, that's like there's, animated Steve Rule. It is. And it, <laughs> it's the same type of comedy, but yeah. it's like for kids. Why is there a tiger flying, pooping a rainbow? Like, I, I love it, and it doesn't make sense. Grandpa just jumped into his pants. Like, what the fuck is happening? I love it. I love it. <laughs> So with that, I am still sitting in... It's 1.5 right now. 1.5? And I know we can't do that, so I got to make a decision. Yeah, you're not allowed. No decimals in the system. Which the system, which we haven't explained for quite a minute time, is uh, out of three stars. So three would be the number one star of that. That made no sense. Three is top. So three is the best. Best beers we've ever had. Two is good. Um... Above average, I would say. And then one is worth trying. And then zero is like, don't even do it. See, so what? It's like, don't uh, even drink it. Don't even, don't even pour it out. I mean, describe one and two, and maybe I'll, I'll sit and lean against one or the other because I would recommend this. So it is a try. Mm. Yeah. So this is one that I would say, hey, we're beer connoisseurs. There's this new Great Lakes Brewing Company. Let's pick it up. Let's make sure we have it because it's worth trying because it's new. It's good. Um, and mm. it's interesting because it has some IPA profiles, but it's not an IPA. So it intrigues me. So I, I want to drink a few more and see how I feel about it. One star I would say is if you're looking at the beer aisle and there's really nothing to go for and you just you don't see anything else that's itching the scritch, then you just grab that because it's why not. That's what I would say is a one. Uh, 
So the the, the bonuses of this obviously is change. So bonuses of this, it is a little higher in alcohol. So we got seven point seven. Um, it's not extremely easy drinking. It's really, it really isn't. Uh, this so is. that's kind of what's holding it back. Mm. Well, I might go one then. Yeah, I'll go one. It's been a while since I've I've been been that uh, critical on uh, a beer. Overly critical and never listening. Yeah, I feel. What'd it. you say? Oh, nothing. Just quoting prequels. You know how I do. Travis Dunn, what up, man? Travis finished. Dakota says zero is just a pickle. No, zero is a beer with a chili pepper in it. That's what a <laughs> that's what a zero is. Yeah. I haven't had a beer with a pickle in it. Maybe that would that would change my mind too. It'd be worth trying. Pickle ale. Pickle. Pickled. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> Do you like anything pickled? Um outside of pickles. I love pickled onions. On like burgers or like uh, tacos and shit. Maybe I'll have to try pickled onions. It's just to be honest, like, and when I hear, I, and I do love pickles, but outside of that, if I have pickled anything, it looks and sounds disgusting. Yeah, I've heard that pickled eggs are amazing, but it sounds terrible. Dude, pickled like pickled pigs' feet and like, dude, weird shit like that. I can't like, I see it in the jar, and I'm like, you literally just chopped a fucking animal's foot off, and pickled it. Dude, we can pickle Is that. Is that a Portlandia thing? Yeah, yeah, we can pickle that. We can pickle that. Like your your uh, house keys. We can pickle that. Yeah, we got a thousand leftover empty CD cases. Um, we we could pickle that. It's so absurd. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'll do a hard one. Pickle it's squad. It's not this. This is not itching my scritch. It's not blended well. I'm done talking about it. Let's move on. Thank God. So what, what else do we? <laughs> <laughs> What else do we got? Uh, we got an extra special thing going on. Uh, this is the first time we're going to be doing it. We so, do. Commander, describe what the fuck we're doing. I will describe for you, yes. So, we oh, are yes. starting to do a giveaway every single month for the patronizers, specifically for them, because we've done some in the past, and it's gone on okay. What, for what? a specific tier, though. Yeah, for a specific Patreon tier, it enters you into the giveaway. And we got five mofos that are currently active and ready for this shit. But we've done some in the past, and we thought maybe... It might make more sense to cater it specifically to the patrons, you know, just to give back to them from, you know, they're going into bankruptcy to support us drinking beer on camera. So why not give them some toys in exchange? So, yeah, this first one is... We had to sell our second born <laughs> child. <laughs> what kind of Dark Souls husband, <laughs> father am I? Sent young Anakin to the city to work. To work to support our podcast habit. So we, We're done we with that. <laughs> I can't have it. We uh we have an item for the giveaway. We also have something extra special, which I'm excited to show. Based on our poster for The Last Jedi, the artist Matt made these awesome Blu-ray sleeves for this Dude. thing that matches the style of the poster. It's got all the info and the credits and the rating and all that shit. The credits. Credits. The Republic credits. And it looks fucking sweet, man. And then there's the there's the shitty one from Disney, whatever they whatever the fuck they decided to do for that. <laughs> Back to the good one. So we have this Blu-ray sleeve, and we have a copy of the poster itself, and then we have the Lando Pop, which I I mentioned last week and said that was gonna be part of the giveaway. Did you say what tier gets on this? Uh that's the ten dollar tier. Buy us a six pack, it's called. Buy us a six pack. So any any patron member, if you're doing like seven dollars, 
You might as well bump it up a couple and at least yeah. uh, be in the running for a, a fun toy. Yeah. Or definitely. a giveaway or some shit or art or, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we could be giving away. Drinking. I got a cat. He's been a fucking jackass. I'll give you him. <laughs> yeah. Throw T'Challa in a box, ship him across the States. It's all good. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So I've put everyone's names in there. I have a randomizer. I'm hitting the button. And I'm, proud to, and I'm proud to say, I'm proud to announce that the winner of our very first Patreon giveaway. Don't say it. Say it. I might say it. It's Connor. It? It's Connor. It's fucking Connor. Connor. What is his username? Connor. <laughs> <laughs> so he's getting all this awesomeness. And I don't think he's gotten a post yet. So that's sweet. So you can send him one of those too. Awesome. Um, yeah, he needs an alias. I've been telling this to people, so congratulations, Connor. Um, I won't send these until you come up with an alias, and I'll ship them out. <laughs> just kidding. But I've been saying, alias is just going to be it's me, Connor. <laughs> it's Connor. <laughs> but I've been telling people that we're hanging out with is like I'm sick of calling you by your normal name, dude. You need a you need an alias. We don't we don't do the the standard birth names anymore. Well, we got Lord Kerner, Darth Bane. Yeah, you just everybody. You, you, just, you just said Darth Bane. Yeah, that's his name. Darth Bane is a patron. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> Speaking of Darth Bane, who did we uh, discuss anything Star Wars with yesterday? Oh, yeah. We just we did uh, record with Mr. Drew Karpishin. Had him back on the show, which is awesome. We've been waiting for that. We had him on first in 2015, so we've been waiting about three years for that. He couldn't do anything because he went back to Bioware, which is now owned by EA. And all the Disney licensing and shit. Like he literally wasn't allowed to talk to anybody unless it was approved by Disney and by um by and by George EA. Lucas. Sorry. And George I had to go to George's house and be like, dude, can I please interview Drew? And they said, fuck no, get the hell out of here. Can you um, can you sign this release form? <laughs> please, Mom. please, Georgie, please. please. Uh, so he's gone from Bioware again. So we had the chance to talk to Not him. Not in a bad way. You made it sound like he's <laughs> yeah, Bioware he no said, longer works there. Bioware was like, dude, you're too good at writing. You, you get the fuck out of here. So I'm you, the, work. you got the pink slip. <laughs> um, he didn't go into detail about, you know, why he left and what he's working on next. He said, you know, as usual, he can't really say. But of course, you know, we're speculating. Um I have I have hard facts and hard evidence that says it's KOTOR 3, so you can go ahead and, and tweet that all around Star Wars. That's my hot take. Drew Carpation. I would actually... Uh, KOTOR 7. I would actually assume KOTOR 4. Uh, 3. We're, we're beyond 3 now. I was just saying, we've been waiting so long, we're just like, How nope. Many? Yeah. It's just like iPhone. 8, and they what's did, next? Uh, we'll did. fucking do 10. 8 to... Uh, not even the 10, the X. We're going back to oh, Roman yeah. numerals for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Crazy. So we uh, we did have Drew on the on the show yesterday. So that will be coming out next week. Drew Carpishin. Because <laughs> um, Mopar is going to be in LA. We can't record next week. So Drew yeah, will be, be up with there. The, uh, the, the patrons out there in LA. Ooh. So actually, if you are a big fan of the show and you're just not that can't have the cash, can't have the cash. If you guys don't have the cash to be patron members, but you are big fans, um, I guess shoot us an email, Rogue Squadron Podcast at Gmail. Yeah. Uh, and try to we'll try to meet up. Friday night is the night. Friday night is gonna be the the night for the podcast evangelical. Friday night's all right for fighting. What is happening? I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm just gonna stop. 
You know, from episode one to now, I, I have not had what I've always asked for. Which is what? You just saying, I just, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> I've Why been do wishing... I always like try to like correct myself and, 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 and save it? I've had four visions of this day. What? Me admitting that Commander I don't know what the saying, fuck I'm talking I'm about? I'm just going to stop. <laughs> oh, I'm, well, I'm actually, done. I'm not going to stop. It's, 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 Mopar sucks. And that's usually what happens, but... <laughs> Today, dreams come true, guys. This is like Disney. Dreams come true. <laughs> yeah. I guess. The only other dream I could have is the, the goddamn Cavs get their heads out of their asses and win tonight. Well, they we'll obviously need, they, Disney needs to buy the Cavs and everything will be good. <laughs> That's so true. I like I laughed too hard at that. You know when that happens? <laughs> I'm just like that? I'm just gonna stop. Please. <laughs> All right, guys. What are we rolling into? I'm so excited for Connor winning that. So yeah, dude. yeah congratulations. Connor's legit. He's been when we started the Patreon page. Yeah. Patreon. Uh, Riley and Connor were some of the first dudes to sign up. So he's been with us for the long haul. We with appreciate us? him. Awesome. One more Excellent. thing before we get into shit, though. Good. Grand. Wonderful. We got to remember to do our uh, our new segment that people have said that they like and we're going to continue to do. And it's called Guess the Star Wars Scene. All right. I'm looking at three numbers right now. 626. Oh, so you got it already? There we go. I'm, I just, I'm looking at a phone number. That's cool. So six, 626 is the three numbers I'm looking at. All I can't. So episode six, Ooh. Revenge. <laughs> Revenge of the Jedi. Revenge of the Jedi, which it was originally called. Uh, 26 minutes in. So pretty early. Wow. I'm trying to think. It's got to be Jabba something. Um, it's definitely Jabba something. Let's think about how it actually opens with uh, Death Star 2 and Vader. And the double of us. I bet it's uh, Leia dressed up as as the, the cookie monster or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. The th- Chewbacca the of anyone looks closest to a cookie monster. <laughs> what the well, hell are you trying? If Cookie Monster was a robot. It's not a robot either. It's just a different race with the fucking visor on. That's not a race. She was like a droid. Dude. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, whenever whenever Leia was selling uh, Chewbacca to Jabba is what I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess around the, the thermal detonator scene or like them actually physically taking <laughs> Chewie to Han in the cell. Because it's got to be before Luke gets there. 25 minutes, 26 minutes. Yeah, that's. I almost just said when Luke arrives, but that might be a few minutes after that. Because they fumble and bumble around there for so long. Because you got to think the droids got to go down and you're a feisty little droid. Like all that shit. And they're, they're but you'll do some respect. Yeah. I'm going to say it's uh, the dance scene when the Twi'leks boob pops out and Jabba's getting pissed and eating shit and smoking his hookah. <laughs> smoking his that's my guess. I would put money on that against yours. I think I think you're you're too late. I put two maybe, beer. I put two beers against that. Maybe yeah. Maybe things move along a lot quicker than I expect. All right, let's find out. I'm giving 26 minutes of the fucking thing right here. <laughs> oh, we're both wrong. Oh, it's the Rancor fight. Wow, Luke's already there. Yeah, I was wow. gonna. I was scrolling past, and I was like, I was getting to like thirteen and fifteen. I was like, oh shit, Luke's showing up. Yeah, twenty six is the rancor fight. Wow, yeah, I was way off. Sometimes I, 
Wow, the timing's so weird. I would think they were like with Jabba a lot longer. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if fights happening like 10 minutes later, they're off Tatooine. Well, Rancor fight and then they got to do the sail barge thing. The sail barge, he does six baseball swings at some nah, guys. Longer and that's than it. I think the, the whole beginning with Jabba and Return of the Jedi is like 40 minutes long. That's a third of the movie is Jabba's Palace. That's why episode six is not that great. <laughs> Just saying. But it's more than 30 years old. It's the best one. Pissed. No. Some of those scenes, they seem to go, they seem to last a lot longer than they do. That's what was messing me up. It seems like Jabba's Palace goes a lot on a lot longer than it actually does. But at 26 minutes, Luke's already not using Jedi powers to defeat a Rancor. He's putting an okay. old bone in between the Rancor's mouth. Why does that make sense? He walks in and forced force chicken bone. He forced chokes to uh, whatever guards, the pig guards. I can't think of their names. Jamorian. Gamorians, yeah. <laughs> Jabado. <laughs> I'm. I don't even know. But I was I'm just saying, say. like he he walks in so confident, chokes those two fuckers, talks Bilbo Baggins into letting them in. Travis Dunn is over here with the exact time codes. Luke walks in about 23 minutes. <laughs> See, we're going to do some learnings here. <laughs> Travis Dunn's going to do his teachings. We're going to have to, maybe we'll extend that, this little segment and give us like an extra minute or two for you guys that are live to throw your guesses out here. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Anyone that wins gets a virtual high five and nothing else. And nothing else. And you'll like it. Yeah, good. Great. Great. Always, oh, wonderful. We're going to run out of times. Next episode is going to be 6 We have to figure, figure that out. We're not going to be remembering what we answered the last time. That's very true. <laughs> I can't remember what happened in episode three at all. All of all of episode two, lost. You could say <laughs> two, two, to, two to 120. I'd be like, I don't know. Lost to time. It'd just be like water planet. I don't know. <laughs> water planet. Pluto. <laughs> Pluto. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. So let's let's. Uh, what I want to do is, <clears throat> yeah, that's it for housekeeping items. What, what's next? Yeah, guess what? Um, we're going to talk about the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And this, the reason being is after talking mm-hmm. with Drew yesterday, an actual story writer, storyteller, author, he brought up some extremely solid points that, like, I was taken back because I'll defend the movie even even now. But he was making legitimate, like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. And this transition was where everything was lost. I was like, oh, shit. You're right. Party on. <laughs> like, this, like, the, it, he just made legitimate arguments outside of, oh, my smoke, my smoke theory. My smoke theory didn't come through. But, it, like, I get those. And that's why we, we were kind of trolling on those type of people. But with him seeing it and looking at it from a storytelling point of view, Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I can't even sit here and yell at you about that because you, you're you right. Um, I don't know what particularly I want to talk about, but... <laughs> it's okay. Um, he, I was just trying to think... Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, he, he was he was doing little, little things, and he made me start to, like, point out things like Ray and the lack of depth and the lack of conflict within Ray is just... It's like... It's never. It's like big, go ahead. 
I was going to say, I've never been a huge fan of Ray anyways. It's true, <clears throat> but like what, and you even brought it up. Like, what's the biggest consequence of, of Ray's decision? Like, what the, she hasn't had to make a fucking decision. Yeah, I think. It, Outside it's not, of like not going back to Jakku. Yeah, like it's not like she hasn't gone through some trials and some struggles. But I started looking at what's the consequence of the shit that she has done. And if you look at it, like, what, has she lost anybody? If you count Han Solo, he was only there for like a day of her life. I know yeah. that was like the whole uh, the whole mentor thing, like Obi-Wan and Luke in 4. I get that. But like the consequence is she didn't have anything to lose from where she began. So it's like 100% uphill slope from here. Well, even though, even though Luke, Luke didn't, didn't turn out how she wanted, it's not like... I mean, it was just a legend and a story. It's not like if she was related to Luke, that would have made a big difference. Like, if, like, this is my father and I finally found him and reconnected with him and he still shut me down, that would have been a little bigger. But as it sits where she is a, a nobody and she's not wrapped up in the story, or, uh, excuse me, in the uh, in the family stuff, she hasn't lost anything. Well, yeah. And then, and then when you look at the other side, like, think of the most trialed <laughs> people in that in, like who, who who are the people that have gone through the most kylo. like Ky kylo and like maybe poe because poe had to learn his lesson about going out just being a trigger happy fly boy in this movie yeah i would say overall leia's probably gone through the most shit mm. oh like the overall then besides maybe darth vader but overall the whole saga probably leia because she's seen everything yeah, that, happen. that's a that's a weak answer because she's not she's not the focal point. Like she's probably what sixth, seventh most important in this saga. Well, that's what I was saying. Like not we get in this more movie, screen time with, overall with Pahasma. That's not true. Mm, she flies back into the <laughs> ship in space pretty fucking quick. There's not a lot of screen time with uh, Leia in this. Yeah, but once she wakes up, she's in there for the rest of the movie. Phasma only pops in for that capture and then that fight and then she's out she wasn't in there for a while um we got some comments That's, over here but the, the, <clears throat> the fact that you're arguing about that is an issue that no i was just saying <laughs> i was just saying overall in star wars leia so An anakin's number one yeah and then i would say leia has seen like obi-wan's number two first of all get, uh, she's adopted so she didn't know her real parents her entire Hipster's number three her, <laughs> Greedo is number four, five, and six. <laughs> Leia saw her entire planet blow up. She didn't know who her fucking parents were. She found yeah. out that Darth Vader is her actual dad. Her son turns traitor and like destroys fucking everybody, kills her ex-husband, almost kills her. She sees, she like leads the rebellion and then that succeeds and then they're back at it and she leads the resistance and that's like on the verge of failure. She's just seen a lot of, uh, no, it's she a says in the, in the, in the thing. I've taken too like many everything losses. she's been a part of sucks. <laughs> she just makes Not, better choices. <laughs> very it's like, true. Um, I'm gonna go with the first order this time. What do you mean? She needs to make some better choices. Like fuck this resistance shit. Living in a bunker, I ain't having that. I'm gonna go chill out with Snoke. <laughs> He's got robes and everything. He's doing it right. You can be hero <laughs> of an empire. <laughs> Uh, we do have some comments over here, though. Um, yes, sir. A lot of people saying like they really want to like Ray, but she is a Mary Sue character, or many say that she is a Mary Sue character. Travis Which just, isn't they're saying just that. saying what that she's strong with no no legitimacy or what? Yeah, like everything that happens in Seven just goes in her favor, and she's just randomly good at everything. Well, and we've mentioned that, that a little bit you, before. You might, 
people might see it that way because she hasn't even been like conflicted with anything. Her biggest confliction has been trying to turn Kylo over and she doesn't. And then they go their separate ways. They don't even fight about it. Yeah. They just try to grab the lightsaber and then it, and it doesn't go their way. I, for the Mary Sue argument, I always go back to Luke in four. Because if we look at the storyline, Luke in four and Ray in seven, they're parallels. They're the same character archetype there. So what happens with Luke in four? He gets off of his planet and ends up blowing up the biggest super weapon that the galaxy's ever seen. And as a 19-year-old farm boy. And I don't care about all this shit like he used to bullseye womp rats and drive speeders and all that shit. Like that's some background stuff. Ray has that background stuff too. She brought up herself. She knows how to defend herself. She has that staff. She's not fucking around. She's flown the, the other ships around the junkyard and the Falcon before. If you just take the, the two archetypes themselves, they're doing the same kind of thing. And just, you'd almost, you'd almost argue that Ray has a worse background because she was like a slave. She was like, uh, not, so she should be stronger she and slave, have more resolve, she, you mean? She's almost like owned by Unkar Plutt. Uh-huh. Mm. So, yeah, kind so of. slave versus I'm living with my uncle and I don't really like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ray's had to go through a lot more shit, I think, than Luke. At the point, if we take it at the point of four and at, at seven. Well, until his, his aunt and uncle get burned to death. Yeah. But that almost, I mean, and that's part of the, the storyline is that it just catapults him into the rebellion. Amber's talking shit here. Uh, she says, Ray likely had a lot heading her way. And then Ryan Johnson shut it down in order to make his connived, you are nothing comment and shutting down the everybody has to be special trope, which I actually, I don't hate that. From, from watching the special features, Ryan did say one thing and he said, he looked at the characters coming out of seven and tried to figure out what would be like the biggest challenge facing them as they come into eight, which I like because it it's a cool perspective to take on things. But I feel like focusing on stuff that was going to challenge them specifically, as opposed to what fits best in the overall storyline may have been a mistake because he pushes that a little too hard. Like it works for Kylo. For Ray, I think it could have made a bigger difference if she was related to Luke or to Leia in some way. It could have impacted her storyline more. I think that's an easy out, though. I I just it is making her related to someone like it, that's no, the entire is. that's what has happened for everything. Right, and I've said before, like I I don't hate that I don't hate it either way, and I do like from the storytelling perspective that we can finally get away from the Skywalker family shit, like her not being related helps push us in the direction where we can get away from the Luke Han and Leia having to be in everything. So that's good. Which, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, after talking to Drew, man, he opens people's eyes, whether it's with story of Darth Bane or yelling about Ray. <laughs> He's the savior we want and the savior we need. Oh, shit. Travis Dunn says, uh, Ray X character has the problem of the parents are nobody, doesn't give her backstory, which is something we want. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff is we as fans of the universe and the details want a backstory for Ray. But as far as the storyline of 7, 8, 9 and the trilogy and the movies themselves, it doesn't necessarily have to be there. Same thing so with Snoke. The, the issue is I don't necessarily need a backstory of Ray. 
That's not what I'm asking for. I'm looking for character development through situations she's put in. And that'll describe what type of person she is. So we have to, like Luke, instead of fi finishing his Jedi training in five, he cuts it short and goes to save his friends. So he's more into that. He's like more noble and I don't know, what do you want, whatever you want to call it. Honorable. Loyal is the word I was looking for. He's yeah. more loyal to his friends than he is to this ancient religion, which, which gives him a character description through a decision he makes. Yeah. That's what I'm asking for Ray. Mm -hmm. I want Ray to be put into a situation and she has to make a decision. And then we know what kind of person she is based off of that. Well, I, I think we got a little bit of that when she learned Ray, she learned Ren's true story of what happened. She started eight hating him and thinking who was Darth Vader. And by halfway through the movie, she's going to rescue him from Snoke. Dude, they're having like coffee over the FaceTime. <laughs> Force FaceTime. Yeah, and that's a challenge. Coffee's hot. I'll bring your tongue. <laughs> Force coffee's extra hot. Mustafar. I'm just, I just, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. And I always fall back to, well, during that conversation with Drew, I, I was falling back to Mass Effect where they force those situations on you to create the character that you want to make. Yeah. It's got to be hard to squeeze all that shit into a movie though, man. But it's, there's no like criticism. Like if Finn makes a bad decision, Poe looks at him in a different way. You're building characters and building like, tension without physically saying this is what happened like Finn tried to leave and that you saw just a tad bit of tension between him and Rose and then oh it's your hero and blah 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 and the tension went to fucking waste like I need I need drama in Star Wars because I can't think of anything dramatic outside of Kylo's confliction with try, maybe killing Leia which he doesn't mm -hmm. So he he decided to kill his dad, which is that's huge. Mm -hmm. But he decides not to kill his mom, and then he decides to kill Snoke. Outside of that, I don't feel any real drama. They even cut out the crying scene of Luke crying about Han. Mm -hmm. That's that like even though which that one I don't no not sense, even sure it was like ten seconds. Like you could have left that shit in, right? But that that just adds like. These are emotional characters. There's got to be some dramatic something in there. And I, <clears throat> after saying that and thinking about it from uh, yesterday's conversation, that's what the episode eight's missing for me. Like the stakes are high. The characters are doing epic things, but there's no internal conflict. There's no drama between characters. Like the biggest drama was Poe versus Holdo. And that was a fucked up mistake. Like what? <laughs> Come on. Listen, I, I, and it sounds like I'm absolutely trashing episode eight. I still like it. And I think the, the high peaks and the, the good scenes of episode eight are a lot better than the bad scenes. Yeah. I mean, you're making me think more about it, which is good. So, and that's what I'm saying. That when, when we talked to Drew, it wasn't that troll asshole point of view. It was right. like from a story, right? It's story, like I created Revan. Listen to me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what do you have to say? So, yeah, it was just kind of along those, like, legitimate lines that, wow, you're opening my eyes. Unfortunately, how, like, there's a major flaws in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I don't want to not 
critique a Star Wars movie because we're Star Wars yeah. fans and that's part of what we do. And I, I'm, it's weird because I don't want to, I don't want to be in the camp of everything's amazing because it's Star Wars. I don't want to be in the camp of everything's terrible because it's not Lucas. There's just a weird middle ground that I have to like try to come to terms with. Um, but I still do want to, you know, break it down, see what we like, see what we didn't like, and then build it back up. Um, it's just hard to do sometimes. And I feel like sometimes I'll hear somebody making good points about issues in the movie. And then I start to go, oh, yeah, you're right. There's a lot more than I thought. Maybe I should hate it. And then I see somebody like talking about the great stuff in the movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of great stuff in this movie. Maybe I should love it. It's fucking weird. And this one is especially eight is. I don't know. <laughs> it hit a lot of notes with a lot of people. Good and well, bad. It's weird, it's weird because like the bad scenes are bad. But the good scenes are fucking great. Crazy, right? So it's weird because like if you look at like an episode five, the whole movie's like pretty fucking good. And then you get like a couple peaks of oh that amazingness. Was awesome. Yeah, yeah. But in this one, it's like 12 peaks of awesomeness, but also 12 peaks of what? 12 the peaks shit of, did you do? Of dancing Yoda, like puppet Yoda, like, oh, that was kind of cringy. I don't need cringiness in my shit. Please filter that shit out. Yeah, but there's that stuff in every Star Wars movie. It's in all of them. And I can't sit here and defend but, Revenge of the Sith all day and not talk about the good shit in Last Jedi. But you're you're talking about actual scenes. I was talking about storytelling and character development through certain vices. Rather than certain scenes, I get the dancing Yoda. That's weird. The, the tit on the walrus, that was kind of weird. Yeah. The light speed scene is fucking awesome. But what makes all that flow is the characters. I'm not sitting here trying to watch just light speed all day. That's, that sucks. I need to see who's doing a light speed, why they're doing light speed, where are they going? Mm-hmm. For what reason? What are they trying to do? Like, yeah. I need that's that's what holds it all together. And with yeah. that lack of Character, I don't want to even say character development, but that lack of conflict, I guess, whether it's between characters or internal, it doesn't flow quite the way I originally thought it did. And the other argument was how how completely different it was from episode seven, which actually flowed quite well. Yeah. To this, it's like a glaring difference. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many people are out there that say like seven's great, eight, what the fuck, man? Yeah, because what I see a lot of the times is, and not like I've seen every single argument, but usually the arguments that I see for eight are either all of the Disney stuff is bad and you're ruining Star Wars, or JJ set up the beginning to a perfect trilogy and you ignored it and went your own direction with it. Those are kind of the two, like the negative TLJ arguments. Those are the two that I usually hear. And I won't say 100% that I'm happy with all the connections from seven to eight because I feel like there were some things that were set up perfectly and then ignored altogether. But if you also think about, it's just weird because Ryan finished the script before seven even came out and JJ read it and JJ produced eight. So it's not like he gave the middle finger to JJ Abrams, but at the same time, you can tell it doesn't quite line up perfectly. It's just all over the place. And I'm that's what I'm wondering. Like, was there like creative differences where they were pulling in different directions? And that's what like really pulled it apart. And that's that's also yeah. we kind of discussed how 
eight is a little bit it almost feels a little bit prequel-ish, especially with like the Canto Bite scene where they're just shoving shit on screen. There's the the ten tit lady, like opera singer, and then there's the little little gremlin that's shoving coins into shit. And see, I like that. Like there's but that that feels very prequel. And then they try to do all the same time some of very original trilogy stuff. And that's what Drew was arguing. Like sometimes when you try to do both, yeah, in a weird, awkward middle mm-hmm. that doesn't quite work. You either do one or the other because they mm-hmm. both work. Yeah. So I like, I, li- I kind of like that, uh, that point of view, which makes it extremely difficult to make a Star Wars movie in 2018 because you have half of your fan base wants you to do one and half of your fan base wants you to do the other. And then While half of your same fan time base trying to is bring on to, new. Yeah. And then half your fan base telling you to fuck off. <laughs> but 150% of fan base. I was just saying, yeah, at the same time, but you're trying to bring on new Star Wars fans. I can't imagine. So you're that. trying to do new, old, and new. I can't imagine that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what would have happened if um if Ryan waited until seven was out to officially finish the script. Not necessarily to like, like see how the fan reaction was and try to cater the movie to that, but more so just to get a feeling for the state of like Star Wars canon and everything and maybe make some adjustments. Because I got to imagine like when you write the same thing happened with Lucas. Lucas came when he was doing the original ones and he had to agree to change a lot of shit because he wasn't in complete control. And for people that have had make, made some solid arguments about the prequels being subpar, it's because Lucas was in total control and didn't have to, you know, collaborate with anybody. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Where with the original trilogy, he had people that were expert filmmakers that were saying, okay, you're on the right track, but we have to tweak it to fit this and everything. And got a different director for five and six and shit like that. So I wonder if they had waited a little bit until seven was out and got a feeling for like the climate of what star Wars fans were feeling and made some adjustments because I have to imagine like if they made seven, eight, nine all in a room together without any outside opinion, kind of like Lord of the Rings. Like if they had did all of those at the same time without any reactions from fans or gauging any of that stuff, it would have been really, really fucking weird. Like you have to get some of that and not to say like, I'm trying to purposely purposefully cater this to make everybody in the world like it, but trying to get a feel for what fans are expecting and what their reactions are to the first one that comes out. Yeah. I rambled a lot there. I Yeah, you did, and I forgot <laughs> most of it. My overall point was, like, do you think it would have changed a little bit if, if they had gotten some outside opinions and some fan reactions before they finished and, like, stamped approval on eight? No. I, I really don't. I, I have a. I'm almost on board with the uh, Ryan Johnson was just trying to prove his, not prove us wrong or anything like that, but try to do his own thing so hard that this is what happened. I'm trying to do my own thing. This is my movie. But at the same time, if he wrote all that before Seven was even out, how could he have known that he was trolling us about Snoke being a nobody and all that stuff? Because that's yeah, one thing that we thought when we no, come out. It's no, like, no, hey, no. like he, he took all of our theories and said, fuck you, the lightsaber and Snoke and everything. Like he wrote all that stuff. It was done before Seven even came out. So it's not like yeah, he but- looked at our fan theories and said, 
oh, that's funny. I'm going to do the opposite. Well, I just think, no, it, it, just along the the context of Snoke is the number one bad guy. You know what I'm going to do? Because it's my movie, I'm going to kill off the number one bad guy. Or you know what I'm going to do? Because it's is, model six is kill off the number one bad guy. But this isn't six. But I'm saying poetry from other Star Wars movies. I mean, the, he's, the number one bad guy's got to die. It's that's that's every movie. Well, it's not about the number one bad guy. He's just no, and not, I, I know that. I yeah, know that. But yeah, like the fact that he killed him off in the second of the series mm-hmm. rather than leaving him. But yeah, I just it's a it's a, it's a very confusing all over the place movie. There's a lot that happens. Is kind of it, it's the cool thing and the issue. There's so much that happens in this movie. Everyone dies. Luke dies. Captain Phasma dies. Snoke dies. Leia basically dies. Basically dies. Akbar dies. Mm-hmm. Holdo. Holdo. Everyone dies except for Ray, Finn, Poe, and Kylo. Everyone yeah. that was set up in episode seven dies. Nah, that's not true. Most of them. Nah. Uh, DJ was one of the best additions. We didn't talk about that with Drew at all, but DJ was one of my favorite parts about eight and what he brought to the table in terms of morality in contrast to what Finn and Rose did, like a blanket statement that everybody on Canto Bite is a war profiteer and everything's shitty. That parallel or that, uh, what's the word? That contrast of perspective that he brought, I thought was fucking sweet. Well, yeah. And the acting was goddamn incredible. Well, yeah, and it it, it it shows a point of view, almost like a solo point of view, where I'm not good, but I'm also not bad. Right. Like, I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I don't need to be 100% evil or good or whatever. I make my own money and go my own way. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Because as soon as the first order is taken down, the second order is going to come up and fuck everything up, and it's, we're going to be back at the mm-hmm. same shit. Second and a half order. Dude, the Empire was 20 years ago. Yeah. We, 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 there's a whole heroic thing and it's fucking stuff comes right back. Why are we even worried about this? I want to make my money and live my life. I only got one life to live. <laughs> Unless you're clone Palpatine where you got, yeah. you can live everybody else's lives. Hey, we should bring that back. That's the best thing that's ever been written. You know, yeah, you just, that's, that's the huge argument that, listen, for how bad you think episode eight is, go back and read 1% of anything created in the legends outside of like the old Republic stuff. And maybe the the Clone Wars books, dude. The '90s jet, like, oh my god! I think the Old Republic stuff works really great in expanded universe because it's not tied to the originals. I think one of the issues was you take the original trilogy, start writing books in that gap between '83 and '99, and you're basing most things. I haven't read all the Legends stuff, so maybe there's stories that don't have to do with the main three. But you're basing all that stuff about Luke, Han, and Leia. So obviously Luke's the Jedi, so he's the strongest Jedi ever because we haven't seen the Jedi Council and everything from the prequels and Luke's our hero. So throughout Legends, they gradually make him the most fucking godlike being that ever has been and never will be. And it just gets totally out of control. When he starts all of flying, that, uses, using Thor's hammers against, <laughs> against fucking stormtroopers and shit. He's putting on like stark suits and shit, going into <laughs> battle, getting the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. So when you have all of that tied to the original trio, plus like R2 and 3PO and Chewie and everything, 
it just gets very tunnel vision. And you're coming up with all these new ideas and all these new powers and all that shit that always gets attributed to these new guys. Whereas Old Republic is not tied to anything except for the fact that it's Star Wars. So it's in a similar even, universe. Even the Clone Wars isn't tied to anything at that point. Outside well, of like Anakin Skywalker. Huh? It's, it's tied to the prequels. It's in between two and three. What are you talking about? I, I know, but I'm just saying that's what really sets the prequels apart from the original trilogy. Like you said, we're stuck with these like three, maybe four and a half characters. You want to put like R2 in there or some shit. You, you, go, you go to the prequels and you have so many characters that mean so much to this universe that we're finally opening the doors up to we can have a commander, Cody. What is he? Oh, he's the fucking commander of the clones. What are you talking about? What are the clones? That's the fucking army. It's not just stormtroopers against bad or good guys. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's people in, in like running the shit. Mm -hmm. Gungans are a part of shit. There, I mean, it's a it's a not, I almost said global effort. It's a galactic effort against. <laughs> it's finally a galactic effort. Except you know, in the original trilogy, it's a family effort against the yeah. goddamn yeah Imperials. Yeah. Why does everybody in the Rebels know each other? Oh, Dak. Oh, look, it's Frunk. Like, oh, <laughs> shit, I knew you. It's like everybody's related and or has had several beers with each other yeah. in the past. Yeah. And we're all going, it's a family effort. Dude, it's fucking weird. Well, and also Han Solo was a smuggler. And within like two years of joining the Resistance as a general. And then same thing, same thing happens to Lando. Lando yeah. accepted a deal with the Empire to capture Luke and, the, and Princess Leia leading the rebellion and he decided to change his mind at the end of the day and now he's a general in the resistance or in the rebellion by the time Return of the Jedi comes around. But how? Because he knows the right, he knows the right people. It's all about who you know. He's got Lobot. He controls everything. <laughs> Lobot just hacked into people's applications with that fucking uh, <laughs> the fucking head, head computer. <laughs> I'm in. What do you need? <laughs> like Ferris Bueller changing his sick days. Uh, Amber had no idea that seven and eight were written at the same time. Yeah, it's weird to think about. And, you know, there is that element of the press releases that Disney decides to put out to make us like maybe they weren't actually, but they're telling us that they were, you know, and they're also, so if you think about it, JJ doesn't have a problem with eight. If JJ did have a problem with eight, do you think Disney would release a press statement saying that JJ had a problem with eight? Absolutely they can't. Not. That's bad. Of course. Yeah, they can't. So all the stuff that I have to say about seven and eight being written at the same time and JJ liking it and being a producer, that's all based on what we've actually heard from Disney. So we don't really know the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, you can't yeah. do that. Yeah. You, that's like that's like having vice president of a company. Say I don't really like the what the president's doing. You can't really do that. Nope. That was a bad look. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like you both work for the same company. You can't really say that. Like <laughs> especially in public, you you might be able to say that to one another, right? But you can't just go public like that's a jackass. Like <laughs> fuck this guy. He's ruining Star Wars. Yeah. So I think JJ's going to tie a nice bow on the end of this shit at Episode Nine, and looking back on it. I think eight's going to be a good centerpiece for the trilogy. Eight's just going to be eight is the rock thrown into a pond. 
just to fuck it all up. Yeah. Like whether intentional or not. Yeah. That's what it is. It, so it, like it fucked fandom, right? Yep. Not going to finish that thought. Yep. Right in the yep. galactic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. And, and like you were arguing with, not arguing with uh, Drew, but you can't judge the middle act without seeing the whole thing. Like nine might make eight great. The same way Rogue One made four a lot better. Well, I wasn't, I don't know if I was saying that you can't judge eight yet, but it just, it's weird. Because when you you know that it's part of a trilogy, you're going to look at it in an entirely different light once nine does come out. But he was making the same argument about five. Where if if you watched four and then five and then left it there without six. True. Five is so fucking weird and it ends on such a weird, why is people just, they're wearing bathrobes, hugging each other after figuring out that Luke, Luke's dad is, is the most evil guy ever. Like, yeah. why are we doing this right now? It's such a big question mark. <laughs> I love when you're, you run out of breath like Ace Ventura. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing because at the same time, we do have two years until nine comes out and you kind of can and should judge it as a movie. Like, I'm going to judge what I just saw. And that might change once the trilogy is wrapped up. But for now, this is what I think of it. That's what I think of it. What I think of it. Um, All right. I'm sick of talking about Star Wars. (laughs) Shut the podcast down. Shut the podcast down until uh, Han Solo comes out. No, uh, I'm excited for the sequel trilogy. I like the setting. I'm pleased with most things. So I'm looking forward to the future. I think... I hope that something crazy happens to Ray. Like she, first of all, she hasn't even had a limb cut off. What the fuck kind of Jedi are you? <laughs> yeah. If we're talking Star Wars timeline, she should have lost something at the end of uh, a toe. Something <laughs> at least like, a toe. At, come on. <laughs> okay. That's, it's very weird, but she should have. Yeah. I guess if we are talking about uh, the archetypes of the Star Wars heroes. Well, even like Kylo gets his face chopped in half and they just sew it up and it looks exactly the same. Like in the Clone Wars, you get chopped in half and you get this whole like droid put on your face to (laughs) succumb to the pain. And now you got a permanent mask. His scar is a little bigger than you might think. It's kind of thick. It's hardly a trench. It's kind of a trench. So you have many X-Wings fucking flying through his face. That's how they healed it. All right, I've had enough of it. <laughs> what else we got? Quiet Place. You haven't seen it yet. Uh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Ready Player One either. Been a bad nerd. You know, you know we uh, we went out Friday and did movie time, and they were 10 minutes apart, and I was just like, we could see A Quiet Place or Ready Player One. And we, we chose A Quiet Place. And one. you went home and watched Star Wars. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> holy 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 um yeah so we we chose a quiet place simply because the ratings were quite a bit better yeah um not that ready player one's bad or i i, I really haven't heard anything i literally just went to rotten dicks and it, it had like three out of four dicks so i was just like ah, it's okay. a nerd movie so i think you can expect that anywhere nerds are involved it's going to get shit on even if it's perfect. So I True. think that's what most of that is. 
Yeah. We'll see. I, I Like I said, I haven't seen it, so I am excited about it, though. I do want to see it. Nice. Uh, but Continue. We got, we got Infinity Wars coming out this week. <sighs> we'll finish with your Quiet Place shit, then we can talk about Avengers. Um, it was good. It was really good. It was unique. I don't want to spoil anything for you. Um, <laughs> is this your review? Just silence, because that's what the movie was. Okay, Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> I thought it was like goofy or some shit. Uh, no, I just I don't want to spoil anything. Like I didn't know anything going in, so me saying this or that, I don't want to spoil it. Um, but it is. I'll just say it's a very unique movie. They ended it at the right, perfect time. They didn't. They didn't make it too long. They could have easily added another half hour, 45 minutes of just kind of repetition, but it, that's not what the movie needed. So I thought that they ended it well. Um, nice. It's, it's fun. It keeps you on your, on the edge of your seat. You don't really know what's going on, but then again, you kind of have an idea. <laughs> it's a, it's a fun movie. The number you one thing is I'll just say you predict everything. The number one thing is I'll just say it's unique. The, the way they filmed it, what happens, the plot, it is quite unique. That's um, good. Especially with, I mean, with a movie and they literally, they might talk, I don't know, 20 times. Ooh. Maybe. A lot of good sound design and m- music and stuff. Uh, no. Spoiler. They don't have music. It's quiet, please. Oh. It happens in a library. I didn't. <laughs> this is a library. Oh, yelling on the bus. <laughs> I didn't know if they uh, use music in certain parts, like when it, because it's about them getting hunted by monsters or something, right? So, like when a monster pops up, like there's like a dramatic, like fucking conjuring music cue or something like that. See, I didn't even want to say that because I didn't realize there was monsters in it. Curtis spoiled the whole thing for me last night. He said it's quiet and there's monsters. Okay, then that's where I will leave it because there is <laughs> that's quiet and there's monsters. Yeah, um, but yeah, they did it. It's a good. It's a really good movie. Nice. I, I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't see it again, but if, if it's in the five dollar bin, I'd definitely buy it. Nice. The five dollar so, bin. That should be our I'm movie saying, review. Five dollar bin. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not one of those movies that I went out wanting to crazily see. I saw it because it was a new movie and it had good ratings and mm-hmm. it ended up being great. Yeah, but. Like the rewatchability of movies is not that great unless it's something I'm super into. Right. No, I know. What you or mean. if it was just a perfect movie. But yeah, so I saw it. I, I'm glad I saw it, um, especially seeing it in the theater. I do. I would suggest seeing it in a theater. Yeah, I'm still I'm pissed. I know Tommy Boy warned me for like months and months, but I never saw Blade Runner in theaters. And he said I would regret that, which kind of sucks. I've never seen the first one, so I didn't I hadn't either, that. and that's why I didn't want to go see the new one without seeing the first one. And then I just ran out of time, and then all of a sudden it was gone. But he's like, because of the way it is and how epic of a fucking movie it is, that you should go see it in IMAX. So, I, but I, I do need to go see, uh, whatchamacallit, Quiet Dick in theaters before it's out. You do? And Ready Player One. And Infinity War seven times. <laughs> so much to do. So much, so many things, yes. What else we got? 
Saiku Shinobi just jumped in the chat. He says, this is the Star Wars lore master. What's up, Star Wars lore master? Tell us all about Legends and why it's terrible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shinobi. <sighs> yeah, he is. Not yet. How's your, uh, your calves doing, man? I am not looking at it. On purpose? Yes. So like Star Wars fans not watching The Last Jedi? What do you say I'm watching the basketball game? <laughs> Dude, Canto Bite could have been completely something else. Uh, I love how we tried to end it and went to Quiet Place and we're back. <laughs> back on Star Wars. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm upset at Canto Bite. It had such anything, potential. Anything with uh, Han Solo? Have you seen any like the newest the newest trailer I saw? And I don't know if we've talked about it in depth, but it was it was focused on just Han and Chewie and their banter back and forth and them learning more about each other. I thought that was fucking perfect. Okay, so I we haven't really talked much about solo. Because of well, we have talked about our first initial reactions to Last Jedi. Because I went into Last Jedi having watched every single piece of footage and every screenshot and every uh, magazine spread and all of that stuff. I'm trying to do the opposite with Solo. So I've seen the two main trailers, the one from the Super Bowl and the one from two weeks ago or three weeks ago. I may have seen some screenshots floating around on Twitter, but I haven't watched any of the other TV spots or any of that shit. So I'm trying to... I'm not hiding myself from everything, but I'm not looking for it because I want to go in as... Like the tr the main trailer excited the fuck out of me to see it, and I'm not I don't want to see anything else. I just want to go in. I already know I'm excited. Let's sit down and watch the movie and see what happens. Do you do you hope that they keep like the guitar? Yeah, I think they stuff? will. I think they will. I John John Powell is a fucking badass, and I think the I score is going to be. So. I think this won't, might be one of the best scores in Star Wars. One of the best, not the best. God damn it! I was going to say that's a tall tale. I said one of the best. There's only, it, there's only 10. <laughs> there's only 10 of them. One solo comes out. That was top four. Who's top 13? Yeah, I'm excited. And I, I would say minus The Last Jedi, just because of the big hype for it. I haven't really done any searching out for pictures, videos, information uh, even rogue one i didn't really and it, it actually helped me out like i wasn't speculating looking at all these people talking to, talking shit about the movie that hasn't even come out or anything like that um and it, it's weird because i at the same time that i like it i don't uh when they try to distract you in the trailers they try to like show certain things but that's not actually what happens. They they pull it out of context and they make you think, oh, this is going to happen. And then you see the movie. It's like, whoa, that's that's not what I saw or what I thought in the trailer or whatever. Yeah. I, I like that they do that because obviously I don't want to see the fucking movie in the trailer. Right. I don't wanna, but at the same time, when you do that, you got us speculating about all this shit. And then when we see the movie, none of that happens. And it's mm -hmm. just like, dude, you, 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 you almost took away from the movie because I'm over here expecting this and then you you guys go to the left yeah 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 well like even like rogue one we had a lot of shit in the trailer that wasn't didn't even make it to the movie because of the reshoot Same with the, the force awakens yeah 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 man i'm just trying to uh 
I don't want to leave the speculation because what happened in The Last Jedi, I know I came around after the second, third, fourth viewing in theaters, but the first time, as I was, I knew it in my head as I was watching the movie, I was thinking, I was like, I was, I remember shots from the trailer. I'm waiting for that to pop up on screen. Like I'm waiting for that part to happen so I can see how it plays out. I was focused more on that than I, I just couldn't sit down and just enjoy the movie. So I'm looking forward to doing that with Solo. Yeah. Kind of going in half, half blind. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Three quarters blind. Uh, Saiku here says if Ryan Johnson would do the directing and leave the script to somebody else, it would end up with something amazing. I, I, think I am almost I'm almost there with him. I almost agree. We'll see what happens with his other films. Um, well, the, I think pretty much when they said when they announced that that he is writing all three of them, but only directing one of them. So oh, I think that's like literally that's literally the George Lucas original trilogy setup. Like he's writing the story for a trilogy, but only directing one of the movies. So that I could turn out to be like the best a, shit ever. I want to know, like, what is his body of work? That's wrong. That's wrong question. What What is his level of fandom? What has he read in the Legends or whatever? Has he played Kotor? Like, I want to know where is he pulling his story from? Like, what does he think? is cool in the Star Wars universe that they could push. That'd be interesting to, to hear. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if, if he's never played KOTOR and he's trying to do, like, an Old Republic thing, you should probably fucking know the, the story of KOTOR. Yeah. Because that's what a thousand percent of fanboys are going to expect if they, if, they, if they release that you're doing an Old Republic thing. You better know what the fuck you're up against. Well, I don't expect him to do KOTOR. But it is important for him to know that, no, I don't want to see that story on screen. No, this no, no, no. That's not what I mean. I'm saying if they if they do an Old Republic trilogy, right? You know that people are going to expect Kotor, which is not what you should do, but you should be well versed in the Kotor story. You should know the source to, material. To know, yeah, exactly. So yeah. even though you, you're not going to be doing Kotor or the, a Revan book or a movie, you should at least know what you're up against. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, that that was who I don't know who said it, but they were like one thing that George R. R. Martin asked the Benioff and Weiss when they were going to do Game of Thrones. They're like, "Who's Jon Snow's mom?" Like that was the test. Like if you don't know that, you're not the right people to like do my shit on screen, right? So that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Shinobi says he's very well read in a lot of legend stuff. Not so much Old Republic though. Mostly the post Episode Six stuff, which is not our favorite. I think it's generational though too. Well, like a few years before us, everybody loves that post six legends and our age and a few years after everybody's into Old Republic. I still would argue those Clone Wars and Old Republic stories are the best. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't care about Luke again. I don't need to see four. I, argue that too. Yeah. I don't need four full book series about <laughs> Luke and his sons and daughters. I don't give a fuck. Let's go back because there's so so much you can do in the in the prequel stuff. You can talk about Darth Maul and have a whole Darth Maul book. You they mentioned Darth Plagueis once and they did a whole fucking book about it and it was perfect. What? Oh, come on! I know, I know. So I I think the the templates there. I think with the amount of new directors and writers that they've announced and the fact that they have um, Marvel as a template and the fact that they have the streaming service coming up, I think they have uh, an empty slate for non-saga stuff to do. And I think if they took the Marvel approach and like, here's a main movie 
And then we can make like two TV series off of this movie to explain some of the characters in more detail. Like I've never watched like that Agent Carter show on Netflix or the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. shows, but those tie into Marvel. Like they could, they could, they could go all out. And how they have like yeah. Iron Fist and Punisher and Luke Cage Gotham. and all those. Gotham. No, not DC. No. I can't. That's still, that's, you know, what I'm talking about. No. All right. Oh. Well, congratulations to Connor. Yeah, man. Congrats. This is legit. I got one of these Lando Pops myself. They're fucking sweet. So, yeah. yeah. I, so he's, get, he's getting the, the Blu-ray cover and the Lando Pop, huh? Yes. The Blu-ray sleeve here, the Lando Pop, and uh, the poster. The last Jedi poster that we have done. The full poster. Okay. And some stickers. And a contract that says you have to promote our podcast to 47 businesses. You have to take these stickers and walk into every Denny's bathroom and stick them on <laughs> above every urinal. Because that's urinal what people is. are throwing up <laughs> hungover at Denny's. They can <laughs> like they see the podcast and like, oh yeah. Here, I, I get it. We're just a blur in the minds of drunks. That's what we are. <laughs> and we do have uh, more of these sleeves too. We're giving we're giving some away, but we do have more for sale if you guys want some. So if you got the poster and you have this and you want to tie everything together and have it uniform. Yeah. That's awesome. So you that is uh, obviously part of our Patreon. Yes. So if you guys are fans of the show and want to be in, included in that, again, that would be the $10 tier. Buy us a six pack. Uh, but we have many tiers. You can buy us a beer, five bucks. You can buy us a keg at, at $110. Do what the fuck you want. Um, so yeah, if you're, you're fans of the show, if you are a fans of the show, you know, I've had one beer. It's all right. If it's many Sunday. of you are fans of this show, you guys can head over to Patreon. Just search. Is it Rogue Squadron podcast? I believe. I don't think Rogue Squad pod works. Either one. Uh, either one. You'll find us. You'll find us. Uh, outside of that, I would highly recommend heading over to YouTube and subscribing so you can watch us live every Sunday, except for next Sunday, because I'm going to be out. Hit the like so, button 14,000 times from every account that you own on YouTube. <laughs> Subscribe, enable notifications, give us a contract, give us your children, give us your money. Watch Submit. the show. Submit everything. <laughs> um, but the biggest thing is you'll get notified when we go live. Uh, you'll get you'll get an email sent out to you. And uh, if you're able and willing, you can log in and then yell at us like Nicole Serrano did today. Like and, these jackasses are here uh, talking nonsense about KOTOR 3. Mr. Loremaster. Yeah, we definitely appreciate everybody uh, tuning in live with us because uh, Commander and I go back and forth plenty of times, so we'd like to hear another point of view. Yeah, so looking ahead uh, next week, so if you guys listen live, well, actually, if you guys are just listening, not live, next week is our episode with Drew. And then no live episode next week. Mopar is going to be in LA with our danguses from the, the Patreon goodness. And then the week after that, we will be, it'll be a weird week because that's the May 4th weekend. So that's the May 4th party. So we're probably going to do an episode with Kerner. And I don't know what this, the, what the timing is going to look like if we're going to be live or not. So uh, we'll, that, we'll be kind of doing that one on the fly next week. Yeah, that'll most likely be May 4th early. We'll have to do it, yeah, before the event or something. Yeah, um, but we'll we'll make it happen. So for sure, awesome. I, I should have done that. I'm sorry. Tuning in. Yeah, thanks everybody. Uh, are you gonna talk over me again? 
Hey, everybody. Tried all day. Hey, everybody. This is Commander, the only, the single and only host and best host of Rogue Squadron podcast forever. I agree. <laughs> <laughs>